0: on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael-Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael-Jones. And uh, today I'm going to be discussing a cultural topic. I don't do this at, as often as I would like. Most of what I discuss has been um, related to worship and theology. And um, uh, there is going to be a little bit of theology in this, but it is certainly a cultural topic, and I believe one that is very uh, relevant. ...to everything going on in our society right now. And what I'm going to be discussing is government's biblical role. What is the biblical role of government? Um, Many people who know me, it is no secret that I'm a libertarian. And in my libertarian views, often a discussion of the role of government arises in various conversations. And I don't believe that my view is vastly different... From what the framers of the U.S. Constitution desired, the topic itself uh, holds the potential to be divisive, but clear obligations are set aside for government both constitutionally and biblically. And so the scope here is to focus on the biblical role of government, but I will also briefly discuss the constitutional role of government. So let me start there with the constitutional role of government. And understand that I could get into much more depth in all of this than I am going to present here. So this is a surface-level discussion. But uh, uh, the United States Constitution, really, it's a unique document. It is not infallible by any stretch. (laughs) There are many that would profess that it is infallible. It is not. The only infallible document is the Bible itself. But the, the U.S. Constitution is one of the most precise and intentional documents in history. Personally, I believe the framers of the Constitution had in mind particular protections which are transcendent through time and circumstances. In other words, the Bill of Rights and articles of the Constitution were not intended for one era, but for all time. And so while the scope of my material here is not the constitutional role of government. I want to briefly mention a few items for consideration. Uh, constitutionally, the government exists um, to protect freedoms and liberties. And the Constitution gives three types of power to federal government, and I'm focusing specifically on federal government here right now. Uh, I will briefly discuss all levels, federal, state, local, Um so there are three types of powers that the Constitution gives the federal government, the delegated or the enumerated powers, the implied powers, and the inherent powers. Um, these powers are discussed in Article One, Section 8 of the Constitution, if you want to go and look at that. I have a pocket copy, copy of the Constitution that I carry around with me, uh, so I can look up this stuff really at any time. Uh, included in the delegated powers are the power to coin money, to regulate commerce, to declare war, and to maintain armed forces. The implied powers are not explicitly stated in the Constitution, but they're inferred from what is, uh, quote, necessary and proper, end quote. That's in Article 1, Section 8 as well. and uh, And then the inerrant powers are not specifically listed in the text of the Constitution, but they are derived from the fundamental necessity for a federal government. And So while these matters can be discussed in incredible detail, suffice it to say that the constitutional role of government, with state and municipal governments stemming from what is not granted to the federal government, is the protection of citizens' liberties and freedoms. And seemingly, American government has grown massively and has become an entity that has reached far uh, beyond the bounds of its constitutional role. But its foundational purpose for existence is to protect the liberties and the freedoms of people. So that's the surface level of the constitutional role. Let me get into the biblical role. That's where my focus lies here today. Uh, the scope of the material here is the biblical role of government. And while much of what uh, what's mentioned relates to federal government, these elements apply also to both uh, uh, state and municipal governments. Uh, scripture does not necessarily distinguish between the three, but in an overarching sense, the model for government should be applied to all forms. And so someone might suggest... Uh, and I would suggest um, that um, that governments should not be theocratic. Uh, there are people that would suggest that, that the biblical model for government is one of a theocratic variety. But this claim holds, it, it does hold some weight for those that are Bible-believing Christians, but I believe that biblical theocracies only existed by God's allowance, not necessarily because God himself demands such. An entire uh, nation that honors God is to be commended, but morality should never be legislated, because if it is, it's not true morality at all. And so I suggest four underlying biblical roles of government. Protection, justice, equality, and order. So protection, the clearest biblical role of government is the protection of its citizens. Paul discusses the power of the sword in Romans thirteen four. The plainest example of this is the waging of war. Solomon confesses that there is a time for war in Ecclesiastes 3, 8. And since Paul instructs believers... To be at peace with all men if possible, in Romans twelve eighteen, the implication is that war should be avoided as much as possible, but also that it is not always possible to do so. So biblical models of government reveal a role that centers around the protection of its citizens, and the government that does not protect, does not protect its citizens is an unjust government and one which dishonors God. And while modern societies attempt to grant numerous other roles to government, the foundational, the most foundational role is protection. The second biblical role here is justice. And in a strikingly connected manner, justice is the second primary role of government, connected specifically to protection. Uh, scripture makes it clear that governors are sent by God to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. First Peter two fourteen. Uh, Paul also contends that governmental authorities carry out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Romans thirteen four. An inference from these biblical texts is that civilian citizens should not execute legal justice themselves, because vengeance belongs to the God, uh, to God alone. Deuteronomy thirty two thirty five. Uh, However, sometimes God's vengeance vengeance is employed through government. Everyone is held accountable. God's plan for holding people accountable on this earth is through the process of government. Even on a large scale, government is called to execute justice among its people. If a nation is attacked or wronged, it is government's responsibility to issue justice toward those who have wronged its people. An unjust government will be severely disciplined by God, and so the role of justice should be taken seriously by every level of government. And we see a lot of injustice. Uh, As human beings, it is our responsibility to uphold justice, and it is the government's responsibility to execute it. Uh, The third biblical uh, role of government is equality. Equality is another function of government. God is just and does not show favoritism, Romans 2.11. So government should do so as well, not show favoritism. It would be right, however, to consider what biblical equality looks like. As an order of a morality, I personally don't believe that equality should be legislated among private entities. Uh, for example, private businesses. Um, and this is a difficult conversation to have with people. Government... Uh, should strive for equality and perhaps even legislate it in its inner workings. Equality is vital because not only is God equal toward his people, but in response to him, his people are called to submit to one another in reverence. Ephesians 5.21. Equality is a matter of godliness, and while government should not mandate private citizens and businesses to manage their operations in a single fashion, for example, who to hire, how to hire, reasons for termination, etc., uh, Morality, again, morality again cannot be re- legislated. Um, government should play a crucial role in the protection of human rights and equal opportunity. So equality then is a primary role of government. Now there are various perspectives on this. and you could take various approaches, even as a Christian. Um, when I think of the Constitution and what the Constitution grants, I think of individual liberty. And I often see private business as an extension. It is, it is someone's private property. And so as someone's private property, a business owner should be able to run that business however they see fit. In other words, they should be able to hire and fire someone for any reason whatsoever, constitutionally. In other words, they should be able to say, I don't like the way you look. I'm not going to hire you. I don't like the way you smell. I like this person better because um, they, they they wear their shirt better. I mean, whatever the reason is. Or, hey, you know what? I woke up this morning and I decided I don't like you. I'm going to fire you. As an extension, as someone's private business, they should be able to do that. I am not saying that is morally okay, that that's morally right. Uh, In fact, I would say quite the opposite. It is morally wrong, but government should not legislate morality. Uh, And I don't know where we got to the point where we think the government can place laws on private business owners and their hiring and firing practices. A business does not exist to give people jobs. A business exists to make the owner money. Or perhaps maybe another reason, but it's up to the owner. It's not up to the employees, And if those employees don't like it, or if they get terminated for any reason, go find another another job for a better employer who perhaps will not treat them unequally. Um, Now, when it comes to government inner workings, when it comes to government um, entities, yeah, the hiring and firing, yeah, that should be done with equality. And morally speaking, I think private business should as well, but constitutionally, it is not uh, required. But we are talking about biblical here, and I do believe that even biblically, that morality should not be legislated. And so when we're talking about equality, a government should not legislate equality, but should allow people to make that decision on their own. So the fourth um, role of government is order. Uh, government's role is order. God is a God of order rather than confusion, 1 Corinthians 14.33. 30, uh, scripture is replete with references to order, self-control, and peace, and part of government's role is to manage society in such a way that order is the result. While Paul's instructions in 1 Corinthians 14 are related to order and corporate worship, because God is a God of order, a good and functioning society should be so also. Without order, there's chaos and godlessness. I identify as a libertarian, uh, but I'm often astounded by how many people link libertarian views to anarchy. I do not know a single libertarian who supports anarchy, yet we all support the most limited government possible while still advocating for a government which manages a society of order. Biblically, government's responsibility is to order a people justly and rightly. So, in conclusion, an overarching, an overreaching government, no matter how good the intentions may be, is unconstitutional and unbiblical. What I mean by this is that while theocracy certainly exists in the Bible, God's plan is never to legislate morality, simply because a biblical society, in other words, a society or a people... In the Bible, does something does not mean that the act itself is biblical or right. Uh, the material here that I've presented doesn't argue for theocracy. In fact, quite the opposite. It is. God, nevertheless, who ultimately executes perfect judgment. He's ordained government as an extension of his justice, but it is his justice alone that reigns supreme. Isaiah thirty-three twenty-two says, for the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. And we need to, we would do well to remember that. The both constitutional and biblical roles of government extend then from its God-ordained function, whether in a society which honors God or not. Consider the Apostle Paul. He instructed believers to be subject to the governing authorities in a godless society which killed Christians. Even then, God had positioned leaders who did not exist apart from him, and he does so today. And in these circumstances the government certainly is overreaching. And I dare suggest, in fact, that government, which extends its reach beyond the bounds of its constitutional and biblical roles, no matter how good the intentions may be, is actually unconstitutional and unbiblical. So here's an example. And this is not a popular opinion, but there are many libertarians who see this. Nowhere in the Bible or in the United States Constitution does it say that education is a government responsibility? Yet somehow we have placed that responsibility on government. In fact, in the Bible, anytime you see something about training a child, raising a child, making sure that child becomes a productive adult, education, in other words, it is related to the parents. It is a parental responsibility. And certainly I believe parents can partner, make sure they choose the right partners, I have no problem with education. I am incredibly educated. I have no absolutely no problem with it, but for us to say that it is the government's responsibility is false. There are state constitutions which uh, mandate educational roles um, but the u s Constitution doesn't grant that uh, to the to government doesn't give that responsibility to government because it's not and so any anytime people say that that is a government responsibility. That is an overreach in my opinion. And perspective, perspectives on what overreach looks like vary, but overreach is possible and it certainly occurs. The, overreaching, the overarching roles presented here, the, the, the uh, large roles I've given for government, offer the fundamental purposes of government which should be considered and employed for the good of people. And so hopefully this has helped. Again, this is surface level. We could dig so deep into this. What are the biblical roles of government? And I briefly covered the constitutional roles, but really wanted to focus on the biblical roles of government. Why does government exist? There are three primary institutions that God has ordained on this planet. The government, the church, and marriage, the family. Uh, so we, um, th- these are good institutions. And so why does the government exist? What's the biblical role? And hopefully this has clarified several things and maybe even opened your eyes to some things. So I hope this has been helpful. And I thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones.